Good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking education matters today and uh, we're honored to have, especially this time of year, our guest. Corby King is director of Putnam County Schools and uh, you're right in the middle of launch and, and it's just such an exciting time of year, but I'm amazed that you um, you are still standing or sitting and and looking so refreshing. Thank you, Doctor Bell. It's, it's it's a pleasure to be here always. Uh, good morning to everyone uh, that's with us this morning. Uh, yeah, it, what an exciting time. Yeah, I've got a great team around me, so they kind of keep me grounded, keep things moving, and uh, so uh, I've been able to get out and into the schools and see see the kids, see the teachers. So it's it's been a fun start for me, uh, and I and I think everything back at the office has been good too. So <laughs> well, that, that's great. We're uh, we're glad things are off and rolling, and and uh, I know many of the students are are glad to be back, although they won't tell you that personally, but they, they I think many of them are excited about that this new new school year. So I started in the elementary schools. A lot more excitement there. <laughs> so, you mean high schoolers aren't as excited you know, about not at eight o'clock in the morning on the first day or two of school. It takes them a while to get back in the groove. Uh, I, I did get by one of the middle schools, one of the high schools today, and uh, they were excited by the time I got there, but it was later in the morning uh, before I made those stops. <laughs> at the elementary school, you know, I was with one of the principals, and the students were all coming up and giving her a hug, and I was like, as a former middle school teacher, those are things that just didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> so it was fun to start at the elementary and, and see that excitement and then move into the middle and high school. It is, but, yeah. That, that gleam in the eye there among the elementary school must be yeah. – uh, uh, must contagious. be exciting. It is. Yeah, and contagious. That's a good good way to say it. Well, we want to talk about kicking off the new school year. Uh, we're in the early stages of that uh, as we speak. Uh, we also want to talk some about enrollment and about news in the district and maybe uh, especially about the plans for construction of the new sure. elementary school. Um, and we'll cover a lot of other other topics too. But uh, as you kick off the new school year, um, you mentioned you've got a great team with you. Uh, are you pretty well fully onboarded at this time? Got it? Got everybody in place? We are. We, we still, you know, you hear a lot right now about teacher shortages across the state and across the country, and uh, we are uh, not immune to that here in Putnam County. Uh, we're probably a little bit better off because we have Tennessee Tech. Uh, here in the community, one of the larger teacher teacher prep programs in the state, uh, that does help us, and and so we're not in as t- tough condition as some of my, our friends and neighbors are, uh, but we do have more teachers on a job embedded license than we've had in years past, which basically that means that they have a four year degree, they got it in something other than education but wanted to come back and be a teacher. They're enrolled in a teacher prep program, and they're working at sort of an apprenticeship type thing. So we have a few more teachers than than we would traditionally have that are job embedded, uh, but that's helping us fill our classrooms right now, and we're thankful for that. Uh, We always have some FMLAs, teachers who are out on maternity leave or some sickness, things like that. Uh, Those are a little bit tougher to fill, and so we've got substitute in some of those classrooms. But that's normal stuff, uh, beginning of the year. 
but when we other than that we are uh fully staffed or as fully staffed as we can be uh there's always a last minute resignation here there you don't expect uh we'll catch that and try to get someone in the classrooms as soon as possible well it's um it's it's good for them to all be back in place and and i'm glad things are uh, pretty much under under control how's enrollment this year enrollment is is up uh, at least we see that. And we're not going to know on enrollment. We try to say this every year. Everyone gets really excited about the enrollment and the growth early on, really until Labor Day. Uh, we grow all the way through Labor Day. And in the last couple of years with the growth just in our community, that's continued on even into fall break and beyond, you know, just students moving in. We have a few that move out, but a lot more coming in than leaving. We uh, started schools this week with uh, just under 12,000 students, but that's, you know, this is pre-K through 12. Uh, I fully anticipate once we get all of the kindergartners new and students enrolled and in our system, and also we know that's a little over 100 pre-K students because we've not opened that up to everyone uh, yet. That's always a few weeks in. Uh, we will be 12,200, 200 plus students, I anticipate, by the time uh, uh, the enrollment stabilizes. So wow. It's a growing community. <laughs> and and that's great. But it yes. uh, in your business, it creates challenges it when does. you when you get those. We have to have somewhere to put the students. We have Absolutely. to have teachers. And as we're, we're struggling to find teachers, and as we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, just a little more challenging than it was a few years ago. Uh, so the teachers, you know, when I started, you know, it was very competitive trying to get a job here in the system. And uh, now, you know, if you didn't get that job in the first, you know, couple of weeks of May, June, you know, you were very fortunate to get in. There just wouldn't be that many openings. Uh, that's not the case anymore now. There are jobs around. So it's not as competitive as it was. There's just not as many teachers available to hire. So uh, if we grow a lot uh, here the first couple of weeks and we have to add a growth position, a teaching position to meet state-mandated ratios, a little bit more difficult to fill uh, than, it w- than it would have been a few years ago. So it does bring challenges, but, it, but it's also there, there's good that comes with it as well. Uh, people want to live here. They want to be in our community. Uh, and I think our, our schools being healthy and vibrant is a piece of that. Well, and you mentioned healthy and vibrant schools. Uh, let's talk about COVID. Did, sure. Has COVID pushed any uh, teachers away this year? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, it's not been, you know, not like it was a couple of years ago when we came back. Uh, that was a big concern. And we did lose a few teachers, not a, not a big number, but, but we lost a few teachers who had uh, some longtime health concerns or they were someone in their household, their home, some of our especially more veteran teachers uh, that had high risk uh, it, it, people that lived in their home that didn't come back. And we absolutely understood that. Uh, COVID is here. It's in the community. I think we have learned a little bit better how to manage that, how to deal with it and move on. Uh, the spike is a little bit concerning right as we're starting school. You but hear, you sort you of expected that. a spike, didn't we, we you? A, we absolutely did. We've been talking about this. You, you can see it coming. You start hearing the news, hearing the rumblings. So we start watching uh, all of those things, talking to the health department. Our protocols are still solid, what the CDC recommends. Uh, you know, we, we've got it. If you've got COVID, please isolate. Take the test. If you're showing symptoms, take the test to be sure. We understand there's other things going around. Students are going to have the sniffles. They're going to have the allergy stuff. We always have that in the fall. Take the test. If they're negative, you know, yes, you can come in. Talk If your primary care says so, just follow what the primary care doctor says do. Uh, and if they tell you that you don't have COVID and you can come in, that's fine. But we do ask, take the test and be sure. And if you've got COVID, follow the isolation protocols. Five days at home. And then you can come back with a mask for five days. We do ask that, that we follow those protocols. 
And that's so. that's just common sense to follow some safety protocols right that's now. correct that's correct you know that, the other stuff wash your hands stay separate and it's hard to stay separate you know six feet apart in the schools uh we we've not tried to say that that's what we're doing and a lot of you know just because it's a difficult thing but we try to keep students as separated as we can the groups are a little bit looser a little further apart than they were a few years ago we don't want students sitting all over the top of each other and you know things like that the way we would have pre-covid uh, so, so we try to monitor those things in the schools, but we also ask parents to help us. And if you're showing symptoms, see the primary care, see the doctor, take the test. Even if it's an at-home test, take the test. And if it's positive, stay home. If it's negative, then follow what the doctor says. Uh, you you mentioned elementary schools a moment ago, and I just can't imagine the first few days in elementary school, the kids distancing themselves <laughs> not very well they, they just don't <laughs> you know that's a, just a difficult experience we, we we tried that uh the kids want to be around each other they need that human connection and we do as adults as well and i think part of this with COVID is learning how to manage and how to work through some of those things and and uh, taking uh the, the health precautions that we've known about for years for flu and other things but just being a little stricter about that than we than we might have been previously and we've certainly learned, compared to where we were two years ago, oh, yeah. a lot more science in it now than there was. True, true. And, you know, people talk about trust the science and go through all that all of the time. And the science, science is changing all the time. Yes. If you're in the classes, the science changes, it grows. We just didn't have the data. But as we learn more, we get more data. And as, the, as things change, I think in this in community, within our schools and society just in general, we're learning how to manage this. Uh, but we also have realized something in, in education world we've taken for granted. We've always realized the importance of our schools, but I think our communities realized that too. There was so much that was lost during that time of COVID uh, and, and getting our students back in, back in a routine and that connection and, and some of the things that we, we've dealt with as a community, being in school helps us uh, just get through that. I think it does too. And yet if someone does get it and has to go away, Boy, we know so much more, and they're uh, we, so much more comfortable. We are so much more prepared than we were. Thank you for bringing that up. But, yes, teachers are still using Google Classroom. The students still know how to sign in. They all have a ClassLink account that has all of their apps, all of their stuff in it. The students know what I'm talking about. So if it's a parent or grandparent listening like, what is this? <laughs> Your student knows. They have a ClassLink login. They can get in the assignments. The teachers put the assignments in the classroom or in their folders. You can email a teacher back and forth. They put they post their assignments daily in those areas. So you know, parents don't have to come to the school and pick up a stack of books and worksheets the way we did when I was still in the classroom. Uh, now it's all online, and students can access that and still somewhat keep up uh, before they come back to school. So they can um, – and, and they're comfortable with this now, given what we've That's put correct. them through the last couple of years. Uh, they can just boot that up. And I assume if they don't have – equipment the school system has equipment that they can get is yes that sir correct? that that is correct we provide uh chromebooks for students so if you're out and you don't have access and you need a chromebook then then we can loan one from the school you don't have to come to the technology department where they can get it from the school and we can loan a chromebook if you don't have internet access in the home and you're going to be out for a period of time our technology department does have uh some hot spots still on hand uh, we pay those for that, that emergency-type situation so we can get a family, a parent, a hot spot if that's necessary. But I think there's still lots of programs where families can get Internet access just through community resources. 
Uh, I think that's probably through UCHRA, UCDD, and uh, get some help getting Internet resources if you have children in school because of the need. Well, still with us, but uh, we're excited to be back in an almost normal school year. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back and uh, do second segment of Local Matters. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Corby King, the Director of Schools for Putnam County, and we're talking about the, this exciting time of year when we're we're in the launch phase of an entire new school year. And Corby, we talked about enrollment and, and the fact that um, uh, we're still in a growing county and, and your school system is certainly still growing. But boy, attendance is so important for a student, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, attendance is one of the key indicators of student success in the building. So while we have learned a lot through COVID and we can do a lot more online, the students are more comfortable with it, teachers are more comfortable with the online setting, it still does not replicate that in-person, in-classroom experience that students get from being in school. And when students miss it, they fall further and further behind. Uh, the state, and it's actually not just through the state, but our federal accountability measures, attendance is a piece of that for us in the district. Uh, you hear a lot as a parent, if, you, if you're reading in the news, or you hear us talk about chronic absenteeism, and that's a student who misses 10% or more of the school year, and that's at any point in the year. So if we've only been in school for 10 days and a student's missed a day, they're chronically absent. That changes as we move. Uh, it, it's fluid. So over the course of a 180-day school year, 18 days is what we would consider chronically absent. If we have 10 snow days, 107, 170 days, now 17 days, you would be chronically absent. Uh, the schools are dinged on that chronic absent report, and we had some last year who had some really high chronic absent percentages, and it's really concerning. Um, I think some of that is just we, we're still dealing with sickness. We still have some students really struggling with some mental health issues and concerns, and they're missing a lot of school. We have resources in the school to help families uh, find community resources, community help. Our counselors do a great job of this. Our social workers do a great job. But we're seeing students with more mental health concerns than ever before. And, and it's it, COVID has really messed, messed with some people. Uh, and I think it's that loss of connection is a big piece of that in the schools. And, and school is a safe place for a lot of our students and families. When we took that away, even for that short period, our students lost some of that. And they've really struggled to re-engage. And then the year with the mask, that really messed it. It affected some of our students. 
so while it was a safety protocol that we I think was necessary at that time, and our board felt at that time was necessary, listening to our pediatricians and others, and when we've learned a lot, we do think that was a, a the measure that needed to be taken at that time, and I still think it was. But I also know that mentally, socially, emotionally, it impacted some of our students as well. Uh, so we're we're battling the chronic absentee numbers. It's very important for parents to to work with the school, push the students, help us try to get them there, access resources. If your student is struggling and they're at home and you need help, contact a school counselor. We've got social workers, counselors, others on hand. We contract with some agencies here in town also that bring counselors into the schools if you need that assistance. Uh, We have things available. So uh, there's a lot to be said, but that attendance is so important for so many things not just academically, but social emotionally as well. And so this is where parents can be a, a big part of the team in helping that student to get, get yes, to sir. school. Yes, sir. Uh, it, just just get them up, get them on the bus. You know, if you can't get them there, can't get them in the car, get them on the bus, we'll pick them up, we'll get them there. <laughs> and I know the students, you know, the older they get, the less likely they want to ride that bus. But, you know, that may be the only only means to get to school, and that's okay. Get them on the bus. Uh, the the Ladies in the attendance office are not out to get you. Mr. Pierce, the attendance truancy supervisor, he's not out to get you. We want to work with you. We don't want anybody in court for this. We, we just want the kids to come to school uh, so we can provide an education. Well, it's so, so important for that kid to to get yeah, that experience, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, it opens so many doors in the future. We, we want them to get that diploma. I always told my children, and I played a lot of tennis when I was in high school and and uh, in in college, too, but... If you miss a day of practice, if you miss a day from that tennis court, you can tell it the hey, next day. It throws day. the rhythm off. It throws your it timing it off. It throws, throws everything off everything. Off. It's same all that, thing is true in the school. 100% true. 100%. Just being in class, listening to the teacher, processing what they're saying, taking notes, doing the practice along with the teacher while you've got someone there who can help and are watching over and you miss a day of that, you do lose a connection there. There's a little piece of something you miss that's hard to make up. And as you said, with um, with masks gone now, um, at least for the most part, uh, we're back to learning with our bodies in addition to our minds. And that, we, yes, we communicate sir. a lot with our yes, facial sir. expressions. And It's interesting, you know, the teachers talked about that a lot, too, in the year when we had the mask. They just, you know, aside from not always really getting to know their students, it was hard to, to see as a teacher, and it's hard to explain, but when you're standing in front of 30, 35 students in your classroom and you can read those facial expressions, you know if they get what you're talking about or not. Are they engaged? Are they paying attention? Are they zoned out thinking about the ball game going to happen this afternoon? Uh, and it was hard to do that with the mask. So w- for the most part, they're gone. Now, we have students who are still more comfortable in a mask, and if you are, absolutely wear the mask. Same thing with teachers. If you're more comfortable or if you've got a high-risk someone in your home, absolutely we encourage you to wear the mask. Or if you have been exposed to COVID or coming off of a quarantine you know, yes, wear that, but it's not all the time, full time. And, and you're 100% correct. You see so much in body language and what people understand or don't. Well, it's uh, it's good to be coming out of this, even though we know we're going to have it with us all year. It's a new normal now. We, it is. we know more about how to handle it. I think it's going to be much like flu and other. This is just something we're going to have that we're going to have to learn how to live with, manage and, and go on. You know, Hopefully people take the precautions take the vaccines, do the things to protect yourself, do those type, you know, whatever precautions are needed in your family that you think is right for you. 
uh, and then you know we'll continue to just manage and move on is what we hope. Well, speaking of new, um, you've met with the school board a few times in the month of July, and and uh, the county commission is has uh, worked up its budget. You've seen the bids. Uh, <laughs> tell us about the new elementary school. New elementary is the key. We were hoping to build a K-8, which would have been the first uh, true K-8 in, in Putnam County for us in a long time. And uh, the we had $44 million bond from the county commission to build the school. Uh, that was estimating the school to cost about $235 a square foot. Uh, when we first started this project uh, four or five years ago, and we're first ready to go forward asking for the bond and do this, that was right at the beginning of COVID. And at that point, we could have built the school for just a little under $200 a square foot. And we had added the extra in for furniture, technology, architect fees, all of these other things that come with the building project. And we had even padded that a little bit in hopes, you know, if we come back a little bit under, then, you know, hey, great, we've got the money to build the school. This was for a total K-8. With COVID, like a lot of other things, just wasn't sure what was going to happen, where the economy was going. So the commissioners, you know, the board, where everybody pumps the brakes, and we didn't do the bond right away. We waited. So once the commission approved the bond and we got that moving forward, put this out for bid, it came in $336 a square foot, so $60 million to build a K-8. So the school board has been working closely with our architects at Upland Design, Kim Chamberlain. He's been working with the contractors. We had one, we had a loan bidder, American Constructors. So this is just the cost of building a school now, uh, or at least it is in this environment. And who knows when that's going to slow down. In talking with everyone, the board made the decision last week to use the $44 million that, that we have, put our virtual building on hold that we were going to build. We've got $3 million that we had set aside for that. We're, we're putting that on hold, adding that $3 million to the 44 just so we can build the the K-4 side of this elementary school. So we're building an elementary school at this point. Uh, it'll be, be Parkview School, replacing Parkview. That hasn't changed. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, we'll have a decision soon on the old Parkview building, but what I anticipate is a pre-K center. There are parts of that building we can renovate once we have students out, but we have to have students out of the building before we can do that. Well, it's exciting, even though it's uh, not the plan that you, you were hoping for. And uh, we're going to come back after a break and talk a little bit more and let you elaborate on sort of fleshing out what that plan is going to be. Sure. This is Local Matters. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Corby King, Putnam County Director of Schools, uh, at this exciting time of year when uh, when everything is new, when we're in new launch mode again. And we're talking about the new school that's on the horizon for Putnam County. And Corby, with the uh, 40-plus million dollar budget you've got, you just can't do what it looked like we could do a couple of years ago. So tell us a little more about what actually, right now with your budget, what you think will be out there and what you think might happen in the old Parkview School. Sure. So as we, we were talking right before the break, uh, this will be a pre-K-4 school uh, replacing the current Parkview School. So the students who are in that Parkview zone would be the students who were zoned for when we changed the zoning two, three years ago. We changed that with this location in mind. So schools, this is going to be out off of Lee Seminary Road. But keeping that in mind, we changed the zones, and the students who are currently going to Parkview are the ones who will be in the, the, the zone for the new school when it's built. 
So uh, it'll be the current Parkview students who are located in the new building. Uh, once students are out of the old Parkview building, what what kind of leaning to right now with the school board is looking at renovating the, that building. There are parts of the building that are still functional. Uh, all of it is functional, but but in better shape than others. Yes. So so take the parts of the building that are in better shape, renovate that, remodel, and then create a, a pre-K center for the Cookville schools. So that would pull anywhere from two to four or five classrooms at a couple of our schools uh, of pre-K students out and put them all at that one central Parkview location. Uh, so we'll have a pre-K center, but also allows growth room in our other elementary schools, as, as we've mentioned earlier, the growing community. Uh, it's not going to be long at the rate we're going if we see this continue where we might need a new elementary school, not just a replacement school. So uh, trying to push that down the road, uh, push off having to build a new school any sooner than we might have to, and, and just be good stewards of the resources we have available. Uh, we, we would renovate and then use the old building as a, a pre-K center. So, what if, if things go well, when is your anticipated occupancy of the new school? Fall of 24, so two years. So if everything continues to move forward, uh, fall of 24 would be the new school. And it's been interesting. I updated the county commission uh, last week uh, on where we were, and, the, and then after the school board made the decision to move forward with pre-K-4, we also know the community there's a desire for a K-8. Uh, they wanted to see this be a K-8, not just a K-4. Parents want that. The community seems to want that. Several of the commissioners uh, ha- had expressed uh, that evening uh, – that they would like to see the K-8 move forward. So our school board and county commission decided to hold a joint meeting. I'm not sure where that's going to go or what's going to happen from that meeting, but we just want to be on the same page as a unified front. You know, this, Our funding bodies, the county commission, we don't want to put them in a bad place. We know they didn't, they didn't want to raise taxes this year. I, I absolutely understand that as a taxpayer. Uh, but also with growth, there's growing pains, and sometimes the taxes are necessary. And if we're going to build a K-8, that is going to need some tax increase. Uh, what Mayor Porter shared with the commissioners uh, the night of the meeting was about a four-cent tax increase to build the K- to finish this out, to finish the 5-8 side and have the, the pre-K-8 school. It would take about four cents on the, on the property tax to make that happen, to raise our debt capacity. Uh, so we want to give them all the information our school board members have as far as our growth is concerned, what we're looking at, what we're considering, the cost of everything, and just keep a, an open dialogue with our county commissioners so that they understand when they're making the decision what we're faced with as well. Uh, our county commission and school board work better right now together than at any time I've been in education in Putnam County. This is my 24th year. And I, I, you know, I remember when I started, there were all, always these big battles between, it seemed like, the county commission and school board. And, and we, we don't have that right now, thankfully. Uh, and, and we hope that continues with the new folks who are coming on after the election. We hope that continues on both sides, from the school board and the commission. Uh, it's a relationship where we all want what's best for the community and ultimately our students. That's really what this is about, is what do our students need? What do we need for our schools to grow and be port- important? Uh, and for the students to be prepared when they leave us to go into the workforce. And we're talking to the community, increasing our CTE programs, our work-based learning programs, all of those things to make sure that when our students leave schools and they're going to be employed in the community, they're prepared and ready to move into that. Or if they're going to four-year university, two-year junior college, they're prepared, they're ready to go. So we want to provide that. And our school board and county commission 
are really working together to make that happen, and, and it's a good place to be right now. It's great to see a team work together, and like you, uh, I can see the, the, the commission, the school board, the, the school, the, the teachers and administrators. It, it's great to have uh, everybody on close to the same page. There will yes. always be some unique perspectives, but it is great to see them working together the way they the way they do. Now, if if something happens and you're able to move forward on the K-8, will um, will you just compartmentalize construction on the existing site? Yes, sir. So what the contractors are telling us is that uh, if they make that decision within the next year even, uh, it's not a big pivot. Uh, they're doing all of the groundwork now for the K-8. They're doing all – they're putting all the central – things in the K-4 side that, are, that is needed to expand. So this is a building that is designed to be expanded if you do a pre-K-4 to the 5-8. It's basically just adding a 5-8 wing, an auditorium, uh, some spaces like that. So, But they're building the common spaces, the cafeteria, the, the gymnasium, a couple of those to, to house the, five, the, the pre-K-8 now, uh, even if it's just pre-K-4, so that we're prepared and ready when we can expand. Because it is a matter of when – uh, we're, it's going to be a necessity. So they're going ahead and doing the groundwork now, and, and I appreciate that. All of the, the grading work on the site, all of that will be ready for a 5-8. So what the contractor is saying is if we make that decision within the next year, it's an easy pivot, and we can still be in by the fall of 24, even if we do a K-8, not just a K-4. That's great. Um, and let's talk about logistics in the new site for a little bit. School buses actually going out there on Lee Seminary. You'll <laughs> be right ten- there, <laughs> Tennessee Avenue. I mean, you're you're really close, aren't you? We really are. Uh, there's a lot of growth on that end around the business park. It's right now. It's kind of uh, there's not a lot happening out there. But I think, like anything, what we have seen in the past. If we've built a new school somewhere, the growth has come around it. Uh, that happened at Prescott. It just blew up on that south end of the county yes. after we built a new school. The same thing happening in Baxter. We've added, a, you know, with the addition of Upperman Middle School and the growth in capacity, Baxter's booming right now, everything on that end. And it's interesting. I have contractors or developers call every now and then. Now, where's that school located? What's the address? <laughs> They're looking to buy land to develop around the school now. So it's a uh, – it's going to grow. Uh, the traffic headaches that we have at the other schools, I'm sure, will be at this one just like it is everywhere else. They will, but you've got some new infrastructure around that this is one true. that might make it We're hoping. a little easier yes. on, <laughs> on the drivers. Well, we, we hope it does anyway. Yes. A lot of exciting things happening, and, and um, I sure appreciate all the good forward-looking that the, the school system is doing. It's, it's really, really important. Well, we're talking about new schools and we're new school year. Let's talk a little bit about school safety. Um, this time of year, parents are entrusting their children to to you and to the school system. And yet we know all across the nation, tornadoes are still going to happen. You're still going to have ice storms and, yes. and uh, have to cancel school some days. Uh, shooters are still a major issue across our country. Um, Talk a little bit about yes, planning sir. for school safety. You know, this is nothing new for us in Putnam County, and I, and I say that from being a part of this team for many years now. Uh, a structure we have that's a little bit different in Putnam County from others, we have a local me- local emergency planning commi- commission committee uh, that meets monthly. 
And that has department heads from EMS 911, EMA, fire, police, sheriff, municipal police departments, hospital, uh, the uh, nursing homes in town, the schools. Uh, It's a large group, and it's all the heads of the departments, and they meet monthly to plan for emergencies and things that could impact our community. A subcommittee from that we call the school emergency response teams, and there's a district admin uh, CERT group that's a subcommittee of that LEPC that meets monthly to talk about school safety, school plans. We've been doing this for years. We've expanded that into the school so that now every school in Putnam County has its own school emergency response team. It's a team of teachers dedicated to the safety of the building. So they review their safety plans with all of the teachers in the building. They plan the drills. They plan whatever type situation might be necessary that they want to practice, whether it's severe weather, fire, some of those that are required, but also the active aggressor things uh, it could be, or a chemical spill that's nearby. There's so many things that can happen. Uh, some of the most common for us, you know, there might be a police chase in the vicinity of a school, and they will contact the school SRO, whichever department, and say, hey, we're chasing a suspect that's within a mile or two miles of your building, and we might do a, a, a soft lockdown in the school, which means we get all the kids inside. Make sh- We always try to keep the doors locked, but again, do a check. Let's make sure all the doors are locked. We can move about the building inside normal. Those things happen fairly regularly. We, we'll gotten better about this and we continue to practice but sending the parents a message just letting them know what's going on adding communication pieces is something uh, and our communication supervisor hannah davis does a great job here but getting messages to parents as soon as we possibly can that's something that we're getting better at we can always use practice we always need need to work on Uh, it can't be immediate because our immediate concern is taking care of our students but when something happens or if there's something going on as soon as it is safe to do so, get a message to families letting them know what's happening within the building. The sheriff and I just uh, released a video to families this past week uh, discussing school safety, the role of the SROs. Uh, events like what happened in Uvalde, Texas, keeps that on the forefront of parents' minds. It's on the top of our minds as well. Uh, I have two kids in the schools, and my wife teaches. It's personal for me. Uh, the sheriff is the same. His kids came through. Uh, we have a great relationship with the sheriff and our SROs. Uh, it, if, if it's not safe, kids aren't going to learn. So safety is a priority for us. Well, it, it's important, and I certainly thank you for all the great planning that's going on around it. And thank you for all the great planning you're doing just in in every direction. We've got a thousand more things to talk about and no more time. <laughs> so I'm, I, I hope I'll get you back sometime Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you so much in this busy time of year for being with us. Yes, Thanks, Corby. Thank you.